me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. You are now listening to the Whipped Cream Podcast with Bianca Harris and Chantel Chapman. Hey guys, please support the show by leaving us a five-star review on your Apple Podcast app. 90% of our listeners listen on Apple, and we would really appreciate it if you supported the show by leaving us a review. I take it, be some, me at Timberland, we sang a dangle, we so tight that you get our styles tangled, sway your dosi like you loco, can we get... Hey guys, we are back with another podcast. I am Bianca. And I'm Chantel. What are we talking about today, Chantel? <laughs> um, well, let's just, I think... I think I want to do like a really quick podcast um, just to like reinforce this uh, topic that we talk about a lot, which is like unhelpful narratives. Um, And, you know, but before we go there, do you want to do like some quick updates? Yeah. Because you have some big, what? (laughs) I don't know if I want to announce that yet. But life life changes are happening, people, very rapidly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Also, just, I mean, I can update on how I've been feeling. I've been feeling really anxious lately, not stressed. There's a difference. Stress to me is when I like don't have time and I can't make any time for myself and I just feel like I have no control over my schedule. That's when I feel stressed. Lately, I just feel anxious. And what I realized is that I didn't realize, like many other people, that I how much anxiety I've dealt with for my whole life. Like I didn't know it was anxiety. And I was also so accustomed to just masking it that now I'm actually feeling the anxiousness. And I'm, it's, I, it's just weird to put it. I don't know how else to say that, but it's just been weird. Because I didn't realize that I had this much anxiety. Yeah. Isn't that so interesting how like we, when we start um, becoming more aware of like, even just like the whole being able to label emotions and tune into the sensations of the body, like how we can be like, wow, I've actually dealt with this for so long. I just didn't really know what to call it. Totally. And then another piece of it was just like realizing how much of my anxiety is just because there's things looming like in my mind in my future that I'm not um like doing doing anything about so for instance it's like I noticed a lot of my anxiety was because it's like I need to do this and I need to do that but I'm not actually doing it and then you get anxious about it and how stupid does that sound when you say it out loud it's like why don't you just do the thing so you're not anxious anymore (laughs) Well, yeah, what they say in the recovery world is the best play, the best way to take off the pressure is to just start. Exactly. And so I just wasn't starting. I was just leaving things and being like, yeah, I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. And then the anxiety looms up and then you feel all fucked up and then you can't realize why in that moment. Yeah. And when you're not anxious and you really look at it, it's like, well, I've been feeling this anxious and all of this fear because there's things that I need to be doing that I just haven't been doing. It's like so simple. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of an update on how I've been feeling. And then I always get, I try not to, like, I just, I get really not amazing when the weather is really great like this. It's really fucking hard. So yeah. I'm trying to like mentally. You should move to LA. <laughs> you should too. 
<laughs> so yeah, that's the that's the update that I have for now. It's good. I like it. Insightful. What's popping in Chantel world? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like shit today. I um, <laughs> I cried already. It's only twelve thirty. Um, <laughs> we schedule that time into our calls because you're a Pisces. So we know that there's going to be at least six to eight minutes of crying time per call. Yeah. <laughs> she sends over the itinerary. She's like <laughs> 11 to 11 20 Chantal cries. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. This is true. Um, yeah. I'm just like feeling so off and, but one thing I keep telling so many people in my life and I don't know where I got this from but I keep saying it over and over again and I'm reminding myself that that this is a state this is a state and when I say this to other people and I say this to myself it's just like I love I love that word state because like it reminds me that I move from state to state right and I'm looking, I'm looking at things right now. It's like, we're moving between states and we're waiting for information. You know? What do you mean by the information piece? Because you say this to me a lot and I never really thought about it until you started saying it. And I was like, oh, wow, that's fucking true. I don't have to be so eager to like know everything all at once. Yeah. Like, so one thing, if you are friends with me or talk to me, you'll hear me say, you just need more information. (laughs) And that's, I think that's what, you know, it's all about is like, we get in a state, you were talking about this earlier. You're like, I feel anxious. And it's like, okay, well, you probably just need a little bit more information, you know? So we're either, we're either waiting for information and we're in a state or we've just received information and it's put us in a state, right? So it's like, everything is just about the information, you know? Yeah. Um, once we receive information, it can change the state. So if we're in a state that we don't like, what is some information that we can bring into our lives that help us move that state, right? Yeah, I was, I was talking about, well, I was using your advice when I was talking to a friend of mine and she kept, she's dating someone and just having like a lot of issues and not trying, not knowing what to do. And I was like, yeah, but you keep jumping to the point of like, okay, so what should I do? And it's like, but you don't know all the information yet. Like you don't know everything you need to know yet. And you're trying to predict the future, which is like what we all do. And it just fucks you up because you're like, not, you're so not being present. And that's such a thing now. It's like, be present. And what does that really mean though? Yeah. That like really tune into what you're feeling in that moment instead of trying to like be a fucking fortune teller. Yeah, exactly. And also understand there's a sense of like surrendering when you can understand that I don't have all the information yet, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I'm going to surrender to that. I just don't have all the information. Hang tight. More information will be revealed. So don't like, don't pay the cost. Do not pay the cost of the anxiety yet until you have all the information. Right. And then usually when you do, you'll be able to make a better decision and choice and you can go with that choice and you actually won't be anxious at all. Exactly. So I think it's a matter of like all of these things we're saying sound easy when you say them in, in theory, but if you do really practice doing that more and more, um, 
it, be, it just becomes a better, like a better way of coping with things instead of just like freaking out all the time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like I ha- I'll give you an example. So I'm like in the middle of this, se- this legal separation with my ex fiance and it is making me so stressed out and anxious because I am waiting for information from him. And I'm like, I could be like, I could stay in that state of like, what's going to happen? This might happen. This might happen. This might happen. And like, now I'm starting to pay the cost energetically for like all these what ifs, or I could say to myself, you don't have all the information yet. You just don't have the information. Yeah. You just don't know yet. Allow more information to be revealed. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm, I feel better with that. So that's, that's my whole thing right now. It's like, it's just information and states, information states. <laughs> yeah. 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 Then I also think it's like a matter of like, while you're doing that, you also don't want to sit back and also just wait for it all to come to you. Like also take steps that will possibly help you feel better. Oh, absolutely. In terms of like taking action in, in terms of like finding those things out, whatever it is. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think what I think what prompts me to say that is that like I think we just get so stuck in our own minds sometimes and like it's not the place to live. It's like the place to live is in the world. And I that's something that I had to learn really hard in in like my twenties. You know, it's just like you live so much up here and like, that's not where the work is fucking done. I think that you need to, that needs to be something you tune into and be very like close to like who you are inside. And, you know, we talk about meditating all the time. So of course, but I think also there, we just get so caught up in like our mind that like things need to be done out there. And I, I can say that even just cause I've done, I, that's what I did this week. It's like, I took action and made things happen in real life instead of keeping it all in my fucking head. And I feel way better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it has to be, I think, good balance of both yeah um yeah it's like next right action yeah right like it's yeah that's an important point like we if we if we're just like oh well I'll just wait until information is revealed that's too that's too passive there has to be this balance of what is their next right action yeah you know and I like that too because it's not too grasping too much in the future it's like I'm present but what's the next right action yeah like one foot in front of the other. All of these old sayings just keep to be keep coming true for me. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, someone just sent me this beautiful quote. Really? What is it? Yes. Wisdom, it's appropriate for right now. Wisdom is knowing I am nothing. Love is knowing I am everything. And between the two, my life moves. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Sweet. That's really nice. So, okay. Anyways, um, today I, I, I wanted to talk about <laughs> funny. <laughs> no, it's just that the way that way that we went to that from that like deep quote, and you're like, okay, so anyways. <laughs> did you see the photos from justin bieber's wedding (laughs) (laughs) no i didn't actually i think i might have seen one they're amazing did he have on on like a uh leonardo dicaprio and romeo and juliet shirt like that kind of that kind of style 
No, it was at his wedding. He's wearing a tux. Oh, no. There was a picture that I saw of them, like, maybe walking into the wedding, and they were talking about his shirt. Anyway. Oh, I don't know. No, I um, okay, so today, uh, like I said in the beginning, I thought we should just talk about narratives a bit. Yeah. And um, before we started recording the podcast, Bianca and I were reading some um, literature. <laughs> we were reading the Adult Children of Alcoholics and Dysfunctional Family um, 12-step book. Just some easy, breezy, midday reading. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's actually, it's a brilliant book. It's so good. Um, but we just kind of got on the topic of like how when you're a child, you can develop some some beliefs to help you feel safe in whatever situation that you're in. Um, and then how these beliefs can carry through um, into adulthood and show up when they're not needed anymore. And so, you know, we call these like these are these are maybe core narratives that influence us and they might be fear based, um, but they kept us safe at a time when we needed to feel safe. Um, I've also heard these being called as loyal soldiers, these beliefs, but, you know, it's just acknowledging like, thank you for being so loyal to me, but I'm not in war anymore and I don't need it anymore. Um I heard this, I was at a meeting one time, a recovery meeting, and I heard this incredible story about one of these loyal soldier beliefs. And this girl, she was talking about gossip. And um, she was talking about how when she was a child, she had to use gossip in order to create allies to feel safe. She had no sense of like connection and community in her home environment was incredibly lonely and felt unsafe so the gossiping allowed her to create like these deep bonds and allies now as she's an adult she's noticing that she is in the workforce um, and she's starting to gossip quite a bit and it's not making her safe and it's not creating allies it's actually quite disruptive and it's not a good practice for her anymore so it's like one of those things that she did in the past to feel safe but it's no longer appropriate or needed in in this situation because she's safe and I just thought that was like such an interesting way to kind of look at like some of the things that we do that are fear-based, that are just no longer needed, and how they can show up in ways that um, we never would have think, like show up in the workplace. You know, I, I recall myself like constantly feeling left out um, in certain work situations, like, oh, I wasn't included in the meeting and like feeling like really left out. And that, that is, and then I would like need to stand up for myself or I would go and kind of like retreat and like get stuck on that. Like, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. And that is an example of this narrative, this like loyal soldier thought that used to actually be relevant when I was a child because there were things that were actually happening where I wasn't included. Right. But that wasn't the reality of the situation here as an adult, but it was still showing up. So I just thought we would maybe talk about that a bit to bring awareness to these like loyal soldiers that are not needed because we're not in the war anymore. But what would you do in the situation? Like uh, you, so 
you said you did that when you were a child, but you didn't say what you did to cope with it. So what was the coping mechanism that you used when you were left out? Uh, I mean, I think it was more of, it was like internal suffering. So it was, it was kind of like what we were talking about before Bianca about like, you know, feeling left out and like feeling scared and, and just basically becoming like very comfortable with those feelings of like fear and, um, being alienated. And that all of a sudden becomes my norm. So I'm just trying to understand. So, okay. So the girl in the story before, and I want to get back to gossip. The yeah. girl in the story before used the gossip as her coping essentially, because that's what helped her bond with people. Yeah. And my coping was to like feel to basically be in my state of fear. So like what that would look like is literally you like sulking in the office and feeling bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, got it. No, I just wanted to be clear because I wasn't sure. And so you use that in your adult life because that's what you were familiar with, number one. And also that's just the coping mechanism that you ended up bringing through your whole entire teenage life and yeah. adult life. Like, so if any, so if there's like anything happening where people are meeting and I don't feel like I'm included, I like amplify that from my trauma, from like the life of my trauma. Right. Pardon. You retreat even more is how you deal with it. Exactly. Yeah. Cause that's like, that was an actual thing that I felt as a child. And so when I, I noticed anything that feels slightly like that, and it might not even be slightly like that. I just look at it through that lens. Right. Because my soldier is trying to protect me and it's like, Hey, let's like, let's be on the lookout for anything that might be familiar to this. And then let's go and retreat. And so for the girl with the gossip example, like she's, she's in a environment where there's a culture and she needs to feel safe and part of it. So she goes back to what she did as a child, which was gossip. Right. I'm really trying to think about why, what mine is. And usually it's so apparent and clear to me, but I can't think of it in this moment. But I mean, I was thinking about even the gossip thing. I mean, we, I feel like we've all done that. And especially when I was working in different environments, um, like retail, and it was like, that's literally the name of the game. You gossip for fucking seven hours of your shift. That's what you do. Wait, and are I, you gossiping about like peep customers? Oh, yeah. You, you're gossiping about yourself, even your life and all the drama and then customers and then everybody else's drama and then other people. It's like anything, really. Like there's always something. Yeah. And not that I had never gossiped before. I'm not going to, we all gossip, but I remember going into that situation and being almost shocked at how much gossip there was. And my way of dealing with it when I was in the situation was to also gossip. Cause I'm like, I got to fit in here and work with these women. There's like, yeah. I got, there's no, I can't, you literally would be standing there not talking if you didn't join in. Like there's just no, there was no, you felt in the moment way out of it. Right. Yeah. Because the way out of it would be to like acknowledge it and try to change the environment, which is like a whole other thing in itself, which was, you know, you're trying to survive your job and make money and not get fired or whatever. Yeah. Um, or be like shunned from whatever location you're working at or whatever. That's just what I remember. But that's been such a thing in, within my career and industry for sure. It just can get very gossipy. So 
I think it's everywhere. Like I think that happens yeah. in so many areas, you know, even like in like some of the more conscious spiritual communities, like you can see like gossip and judgment as a way to like form connection. Right. And so that really stuck out to me, that story that you said, because there was a course I was taking a few years ago and it was like a leadership course. And you have to basically like, you know, sign off at the beginning of like, these are the rules of the course, basically. And one of the rules was you are not allowed to gossip for the entire course, like within the room or in your real life. Like that was like a promise. And I think it was for like a year or something. And I remember everybody freaking out. Like there was way harder rules in this thing. Like (laughs) there was way harder shit that you had to do. Um, But I remember that one being like a thing. And then I remember implementing it in my life and I did it. And there would be moments when you'd go to, and then you'd stop yourself because you're like, you know, you made this commitment to yourself, even though no one, no one else would know that you did this. Um, and it's so interesting because the next thing that would happen is that you'd really have to have like a genuine conversation with someone about like wow. things that are not surface. Wow. And so what comes up is like your uncomfortability at first and then other people's uncomfortability with like wanting to go there, maybe with someone that they don't know that well. Yeah. So I think the gossip thing is such an interesting conversation to have because, oh my God, I feel like we should even do just another way more well-prepared podcast about gossiping because it is such a thing. Like it's, if I, there are, like people wouldn't know a lot of people that I can think of off the top of my head wouldn't know. And all of us, I put myself into that, wouldn't know even how to form a relationship with someone if it wasn't just for gossiping. It's really fucking interesting. And scary because the other side of it is that you have to understand that when you're putting that energy out into the world and talking about other people, guess what? That's happening to you behind your back. Yeah. And it can be such a small thing, but I don't know. It's just, it's, there's such a shitty, shitty energy about gossiping about people and saying things about people behind their back. Right. So when you're creating that energy, it's going to come back to you in other ways for sure. You know, it's so, yeah, it's such, it's just, just, it's just an easy thing to do in a conversation with somebody, especially if you're trying to get to know them. It's just such an easy place to go to, to kind of form a connection. And I think some of the, like the, not to get like super spiritual here, but like some of the low vibrational language or like the low vibrational um, conversations are easy. Yeah. I think that's why I always, I think that's why I I genuinely love our relationship. And I'm always like, it's like one of the relationships in my life, our friendship that like, we never gossip. It's always about ideas or like what's going on in our life. And it's just, it's so amazing to have friendships like that. So it's like, I mean, it just connects people on such a deeper level but then it also makes you look at some of your other relationships and starting to look at like (laughs) why is this happening here and also it's really hard to change a relationship dynamic when your relationship has been based on talking gossiping with someone for such a long time and trying to change that it's very difficult yeah and what if the only thing that you have in common with that person is gossip well I don't know Go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's just like what you said about like, 
you have to, you now, your conversation changes and like, you're talking about deeper things. And if you guys can't meet at that level, like the relationship changes. Well, I've had that happen. I've had that happen where I was just like, I can't handle this anymore. And you don't want to sit around gossiping all day. And again, I still, still want to stress, like we all fucking do it sometimes, but I think sometimes you get to a point where it's like, I don't want to sit here fucking gossiping about other people all day because I don't care and I don't like that energy. So you'll try to change the dialogue and sometimes the relationship will fail because it's what I've noticed in my experience is that some people don't want to go below that surface level. The gossip is there because they don't want to dig deeper or maybe get yeah. to a more like, I don't know, just a more... I, the only word I can think of is deep, the, um, of a deeper conversation. Like I, that's, yeah. what, that's what I was really confronted with. I was like, oh, wow. Like I would try to get into that kind of conversation. They were like, you could see just even in the body language, like yeah. no, let's not even fucking do that, you know? Yeah. But it's also so interesting because like when I can have those deep conscious conversations with people, the bond that I feel with those people is way deeper than any bond that was created on gossip. Oh, a hundred percent. It's like an artificial bond. Yeah, but you know, and you know, what's interesting though, is like, we have to remember our brain is looking for shortcuts and these shortcuts are called cognitive biases. One of the biggest cognitive biases that our brain uses is called the in-group bias. So in-group bias, meaning I need to feel part of the group. Like this goes back like forever. You know, if you're, if you are alienated from the tribe, like that is death, right? So that in-group bias is so, so important. And um, that gossip is like, that is a huge part of in-group bias. Like, this person is this. Do you agree? Are you in my group or are you in their group? You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. It's also used so much in marketing. So this is something I teach people when I'm coaching them through like my mindful money program is like pay attention to some of the language that's used in marketing in the in-group bias. Like we are doing this, like we do it this way. We look like this. If you're not like this, you're not in the group, right? You're, you're out, you're an outsider, Fuck. So my next train of thought goes to like, okay, so let me just interject this quickly because I've been binging my podcast life lately just because I've been driving a lot and whatever. Um, And so I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts like about cults and stuff, which I find so fascinating because it's essentially talking about this, like group, we all believe the same thing. If you don't believe this, get the fuck out. Yeah. Um, So my mind goes to like, okay, so this, this is how we're wired to think which may have served us however many years ago because we lived in villages and all of that. How do you combat that? Because it's like, you do want to be part of a group. And like, I think what's so, so many things that are missing from our society and culture and why we're so depressed and have all these plethora of fucking PTSD and anxiety is because we're not connected enough and we're yeah. so pushed to like be an individual. It's all about you and da, 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 da. So how do you, how the fuck do you balance like, the group and then the individual, like, that's what I, like, how do you, how do you even, how do we as humans in our, in this next stage of evolution, even 
marry the two. Wow, Bianca. <laughs> Throwing out the easy questions. Aren't you? <laughs> I mean, it's not to be answered, but I'm just, it's, that's where my mind goes. Well, it's like that quote I read, read you, wisdom comes from knowing I am nothing. <laughs> well, then I'm pretty fucking wise. <laughs> so, no, okay. So here's the thing that's so interesting about that is um, we have a deep need to feel connected and feel part of the group. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's like the example that I use with you. Like when, you, when we can connect on this like, you know, the, these like deeper conversations and we talk about like, you know, spirituality or whatever we're talking about. We talk about philosophy. We talk about these like things about things that are creative. That is almost like for us, that is our like in-group bias of like you and I are like part of this. Like we want to be part of this like conscious high vibrational community and, you know, whatever that may be. So I don't think we're going to get away from the, the desire to be in group. I think it's like, what bridge are you taking to enter into your group? Is it, is it a low vibrational bridge or is it a high vibrational bridge? Are you forming these groups and connecting and creating bonds over the gossip of someone at someone else's expense? Or are you forming great groups and communities and creating bonds um, over something that just is a little bit more conscious, right? Mm -hmm. so, and that go that can go all the way into the conversation of like the dog dogma around religion, right? There's so much there's a lot of beautiful things that come out of religion that connects people and creates groups and communities. But as soon as the religion starts saying, you have to do everything this way. And if you're not, you're excluded and you're like not good enough. And we sh we're shaming, we're shaming those people. And then you start like gossiping about those people. Those are sinners. Those people are bad. You know, that's where it, that's where it just doesn't feel good. You know yeah. what I mean? No, for sure. For sure. It's such an, anyway. it's so interesting to, I don't know. I just find this whole subject so fucking interesting. It is. And, um, I just really wasn't prepared to go into this today. <laughs> we're like, we're going to do a really easy peasy podcast, but we should all know better. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what would be really cool. Um, I really think this is such a great, especially with the gossip thing. I don't know why I'm stuck on that because I really don't think it's about the gossip. I think it's about something so much deeper, but I think it would be really cool to like interview like a set of people that knows that they straight up gossip and talk to them about it and then interview a set of people that never gossips and kind of like dig into what that is. I just want to do some kind of case study about gossiping because I think it's so fucking interesting and I think there's so much to be uncovered from it. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a gossip case study. Bianca and I are going to do some research. <laughs> we're going to start gossiping after the call so we can get some really good research. In. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll come back on this topic. <laughs> yeah. And I just think it would be cool to do it from like totally different sets of people. And like, I'm telling you, gossip will keep entire communities going. And like you said, marketing and work, it's just so fucking interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, while um, Bianca and I are pulling together our research and data for our gossip case study, 
I'm going to give you guys some homework. Yes. Pay attention. Pay attention to what happened. Like when you got, when you go to gossip, why are you going to gossip? Are you doing it because you're looking to connect with someone? And, um, why do you feel like you need to do that to connect? Um, start with that. That's step one of your, your tip, uh, your, I guess, awareness of gossip. And then step two, maybe try one week with absolutely no gossip and see what you notice. Like what Bianca said, noticing how the conversations were more challenging with certain people. Um, so yeah, try that and see what happens. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to be, I want to be, try and be more aware of it too. Because I think sometimes even the conversation, what I've noticed is that it will not start from like a malicious place of like wanting it to be gossip. Like you'll have be having a totally innocent conversation. Yeah. And let's say someone comes up and then it just, it turns into that dynamic and, and vibration and you don't even mean for it to be. And sometimes I'll walk away from the conversation being like, I didn't like that. I even just did that. And I still participated in it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like I didn't even like in the moment I didn't like it. Now I'm that I'm reflecting on it. I didn't like it. I didn't mean for it to start like that. So sometimes it sneaks in. And yeah. And I'm just noticing too, like I'm thinking about when I've gossiped and like, sometimes I'll do it like obviously to form a connection, but let's say someone, someone's telling me about something that someone did to them and I'll, and I'll like be like, yeah, they shouldn't do that. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, I want to prove to that person what a good person I am. Oh yeah. Like I'm talking to you. Wow. I'm loyal. I have your back. You can trust me. I'm not like that. I'm a good person. And that comes from my narrative of being a good girl. Right. I forgot about this. Right. I remember you mentioning this in another episode. Yes. So, so it's like, like the way you gossip too, and the why behind the gossip, I think can give you quite a bit of insight into you know, some of your own narratives, some of your own fears and, and where, where you think you need to like soothe or prove yourself. Wow. Yeah. I never thought about that. I got to think more about like why. Yeah. So it's like you're participating in it, but even from a different angle of like, I need to make this about how I am perceived. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Very fucking interesting. That, that is a big, so I, um, I go to Al-Anon meetings. So Al-Anon meetings are for people who like have been in relationship with addicts or like family members who are addicts. And, um, it's a, it's like a characteristic of someone who identifies as like being an Al-Anon of to, to like want to like show up for people and be like this, like be a helper. Right. So that's a big thing I think I've noticed with my gossip is like, yeah, I'm going to gossip, but it's going to be in a way to show them like, I'm value. Here's my value. Like, I've got your back. I wouldn't do this. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. It's, wow. kind of, it's, it's a bit codependent, actually. Interesting. Yeah. I've, now that I'm thinking of like, yeah, I feel like I've totally done that. Were you going to say that you've seen me do that? <laughs> no, because I don't know that our, I mean, I, I don't know. I'll let you know in the moment, but I, not that I can recall. That's not something I've noticed. No, I'm excited about this. Yeah. 
such a good, like we didn't like premeditate talking about this at all, which is interesting in terms of gossip. Series on gossip. Sorry, pros. Say that again. It said, stay tuned for a podcast series all about gossip. Totally. Okay. Well, I think that's it. Y'all we'll wrap it up here. Um, stay tuned and we'll hear from you next time. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly. When the rain hits my window, I take it. Me some. Me and Timberland, we sang a dangle. We so tight that you get our styles tangled. Sway your dosi do like you loco. Can we get thick at night like Coco? So so.